Hola, everybody. We are back in the seat, driving towards City Park for a preview of Austin FC coming back to City Park after a fun, fun game for the season opener and our inaugural MLS fixture uh, back on, I think it was February 25th. Uh, I was doing some digging. It feels like forever ago, but it's great to have them here uh, and see if we can do the double on them. But before we get much deeper into it, welcome to Ball Watching. You got Jake here speaking, joined by Justin, our co-host extraordinaire, and going to be put on the spot, Justin. We, we've we heard people want the five-a-side back, so I've got a little bit of a fun one for you today. Do you, do you think you're ready? I, I thought I'd be ready, uh, but I didn't realize we were doing this today, and then you just told me what yep. it would be right beforehand and i don't know i don't feel good about it i think you you, you feel better than, than than you do right now and and I, i've got some great stats here after we're done just to like just give some color because this is incredible but the five aside we have for you all today justin is going to have to guess five of the top 10 nationalities playing in the mls today so based on volume of players from that origin or home country um, you can probably rattle off three very quickly, but the other two, we'll, we'll see how you do, Justin. So go ahead and get us started here. Okay, I'm going to go number US. one. You, you, US. U.S. U.S. has 365 players playing in the MLS. They log, so far this season, 238,000 minutes. The next highest is 32,000. Okay, what? so U.S. number one. Tell me, US if when I guess one. the countries, tell me what, yep. what number they are in the top ten. I'm going to go Mexico. Mexico, also in the top 10, but at number eight, they okay. have current 14 players that are designated to Mexico. I'm sure there are some Mexican players yeah, in yeah, there, yeah, but yeah. like this is their primary uh, yeah. home country, and they have logged almost 10,000 minutes uh, across the league this year. Hector Herrera being number one. Okay. I'm going to go, uh, this is going to be a stretch, Argentina. Just got, we just had Messi. You only said 12, so maybe I'm already pushing another one there. Argentina, number four. Oh, uh, 34 Jesus. Argentinians oh, bouncing around MLS, logging 38,000 minutes. Okay, I've got one. Canada. Canada number two okay. uh, at 52 players, 32,000 minutes. That's a lot more than I thought. Um, now well, I think, think about the roster requirements for the Canadian teams. Like They have to have a bunch of Canadians on them anyway. So that's true. It, that's, yeah. true that's true. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with Jamaica. Oh, we're, we we fall we fell off on the last one. Jamaica is number twenty-two. Only Wait. only six Jamaicans in terms. Okay, of I player. got I got a, I got a quick follow up. Uh, Colombia, Colombia, number five. You got okay. you got four of the top five. That was pretty impressive, actually. Colombia has thirty-three players. Uh, Cucho uh, Hernandez, who we just played against, is the number one. Okay, so wait, no, I only got three in the top five. What are the top five? I was you I were, was giving you just give me five in the top ten, which you which you actually botched on the last one, which yeah. you got to be four. But who who are the top five? The top five are U.S., Canada, Brazil, Brazil, and then wow. Argentina and Colombia. Couldn't even get Joao Klaus in there or Celia. What am I doing? Uh, then this number six through ten is France, Venezuela, Mexico, Spain, and Ghana. I'm telling you, man. After after the first five, basically, it gets cut in half. Like, Colombia is the number five of the top ten, and there's 33 Colombian players, but the next best is France with 15. Yeah, I can't believe Mexico is so low. It's kind of yeah, surprising. I need to look into that. Have, 
that surprised me too. I, I it's probably down to what they call their primary because there's probably so many dual citizens and so many yeah. you know Americans that have Mexican blood in them as well. Well, the um, one thing I'll say too is that they have Liga Mekis and that's 18 teams. And now when you look at some of the, I mean, Brazil's got a couple of leagues, but when you talk about like sheer size of leagues, and yeah. I feel like it's probably easier for them just to be homegrowns there and stay. But that was a good one. I like that. Yeah, it was. It was. It was it's a cool one. I like to see like the the league minutes people too is is interesting. Like Leo Chu is the number one Brazil. We talked about Evander. He's in there as well. Argentina. Some of these guys, you just you just forget that they're from different places. Like, uh, like uh, what's what's his name? Puig from the Galaxy is the number Q. two in Spanish minutes. Um, he's eligible for the Spanish national team. Uh, Germany. Hani Mukhtar. You forget. Like it just like it's it's weird seeing that these nationalities assigned to these guys, but uh, pretty cool. But yeah, it was very very diverse league. Uh, but man, Americans, Canadians take most of the cake. Uh, do, do you have a full list? I have one last question. Is there I do. Is Switzerland under? Is it only Roman? Switzerland's number twenty five. Roman Berkey is the key to that one. Uh, it's Berkey. Oh no, remember? Uh, it's Berkey, and then Marin Hale Selassie from Chicago Fire is number two. But Stefan Fry is Switzerland uh, from Seattle, so their goalie, and then uh, Shakiri. Shakiri. Yeah. I, right when I said it, I was like, I think I'm missing yep. Shakiri, but I couldn't remember where he's from. Yeah, I got the Close. whole list. Like it goes down to 88 countries, and the last one is Russia. Uh, and Russia has one player who has not logged a minute this season. Tough. Yeah. But we got, dude, 88 countries represented in this league. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. Tomas Ostrak is the only Czech Republic player in the MLS. That's kind of surprising. Yeah, like I know. More over here as well. I know. We're learning we a lot over here. Post that. We'll post that link. I'll yeah, we will. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty fascinating. But well well done. You got four of the five. I, I, I can appreciate that. Uh, okay. Well, let, let's get into it. Back into the swing of things. Uh, I know we have, you know, obviously it's the lead up to the, this game on Sunday. But, uh, you know, just a reminder for those that have been a little bit unplugged from uh, this, you know, these last couple of weeks as City's been gone. Uh, we, before the League's Cup, came in at MLS Power Rankings of number two and number six on ESPN. So uh, still obviously as brown and dreary as League's Cup was still have some respect in the MLS uh, and that comes with us into th- this match week city news. Uh, Torreson is in St. Louis now, which is great. We got our winger. It sounds like they got all the immigration stuff sorted out. Don't know if he'll be available. If he will be rushing to get him straight into play uh, with, with the club, but it is nice that he is looking like he's ready. Um, it sounds like Nilsson also, it could be ready. He did not feature for City 2 in their most recent fixture. He also didn't make the the travel to the Atlanta United scrimmage, which we'll talk about here in a second, which we had on Saturday. Um, so I don't know if I, I really wanted to put him in the 11, dude. I really wanted to put him in there. And I feel like that'd be so bold of Carnell to do. But, I mean, he's rested at least, and he looked really good in the City 2 minutes. But I think they'll really ease him back into it, if I'm being honest. I, I think you. I think they'll bring him on. I'm hoping that we're. And we'll get the predictions. I hope we're already up like two or three nothing, and then you see him get a quick thirty minutes in the back line. I would not start him. I would love to see him, but I just don't think we'll do it. I don't um, think so either. But quickly to touch on that, you mentioned the uh, Atlanta United scrimmage. So it was a three to three draw after a rain delay. There are four 30 minute intervals, so lots of rotation that kind of went through there. We were down two nothing and down three one, and came back and tied to three to three. So good to see that out of the boys making a little push at the end and probably really exciting for them considering it had been almost two full weeks since we played anybody else but ourselves. So right. goals from Gio and uh, Sam Dinneran and Ostrak. So yeah. I'm hoping 
fingers crossed, Jake, was there anything on there that any of those were through the run of play? No, nothing about details, open play or free kids. I mean, you have to hope one of them came through open play. I, I would have, I bet at least one of them did. But God, I mean, someone show me video of these all being free kicks in corners. Well, uh, I mean, I, I mean, Ostrock and I don't see Ostrock or Geo hitting headers. I mean, yeah, Sam maybe been a, been a corner, but hopefully, the, and those guys probably aren't hitting free kicks either. So I'm yeah. hoping like shot free kicks. So I'm hoping Geo and Ostrock at least were through run of play. I agree. I agree. I took this last comment away from this game too that Carnell gave. Uh, Tom Timmerman after uh, they returned and he said we know in our first six games back four on the road so about being resilient difficult to play against was really the order of the day we scored some goals conceded a couple and we walk out of here with a 3-3 tie so it sounds like he was pretty happy with the result especially the nature it it came in and yeah we are going to be pretty heavily on the road for these next four games and these these next six or so games so we'll be interesting to see how the guys get tested uh, featuring away from from City Park but before and I'm glad we're starting at home. I think it's a good thing to get started at home in a familiar, comfortable atmosphere. And among some familiar players coming from the, the Austin FC side, we've got two here uh, to talk about. STL Connections, my favorite segment, I think, honestly, is just finding a St. Louisan that's involved at this club in, in whatever respect. But uh, Kip Keller is number one on our list. We've got two uh, with the fifth overall pick in the 2022 Super Draft. Obviously a slew Billiken, a stud for them. He's a supplemental player on the roster for Austin. Uh, but he's actually been getting some minutes, uh, especially recently. He was, unfortunately, the victim of the blunder in that first game that we played against them when Stroud uh, had scored that goal that set off a couple people's bells and, and had some drama and controversy around. But uh, he's actually started, uh, what did I capture, the last five games across all competitions. So three regular season, two Leagues Cups. So looks like he might be back in good graces combined with some injuries and just efficiency they have in, the, in center back. Which is great to see. I really hope um, with Kipping from St. Louis and a slew guy that he gets a, that start coming up on Sunday. Um, I know I kind of looked at that too. I think he's played in 13 um, MLS Next Pro games. So he's been up and down. When yep. Obviously, it's a rough start when you do that at the beginning. But like you said, I mean, now he's kind of proven that he can do that. And I think of those five starts, he's played full 90 in four of them. So I would love to see him for the full game. I think it'd be huge for him to play out in front of the home crowd. Other uh, St. Louis native, Will Bruin, went to the Smet High. Um, just Smet kind of High. Just <laughs> what, what am I supposed to say? Just Met graduate, bro. Come on, get it right. Yeah, get it right. Just Met High School. That's what I'm going to call it. <laughs> uh, he ranks eighth among active MLS players with career goals scored of 77 and 15th total in uh, games played of 310. So he's been around the MLS for a very long time, and it's good to see him uh, still on the team. He's a legend. He's a legend. Shout out to Will and shout out to the Bruin family. Uh, he was just such a force at Desmet when uh, I wasn't even there yet, but I remember going to watch him play when we were in grade school. Just an absolute beast. I don't know if we're going to see him, unfortunately. Uh, they, I mean, have a pretty de- depthy kind of squad in that area of the field. I think they signed him for some reinforcement and some veteran experience, but um, shout out to Will. Absolutely so cool that he's got that, you know, active goal scorer thing going for him and He's from St. Louis, so got to love these STL connections. But let's talk a little bit about, Ch- about whoa, I almost said Chicago. Austin, obviously we have played them yet. We won 3-2 on February 25th in our season, an inaugural season opener. Uh, that game was absolutely electric, Justin. We were both there for it with some buddies. We were in town um, for a weekend, and this was the centerpiece. This was just such a fun memory of being at that game, seeing those players and kind of having some fun with the Austin FC fans because they were pretty good last year, and we had a nice little humbling for them to start it off. 
Oh, absolutely. Sorry, I was looking up Will Bruin's stats. So he's played in 10 games, all been subs in only 73 minutes. So I do not believe we will see him yeah. barring uh, something kind of crazy. But the place was packed. I mean, we started off hot when it came to Austin, our first game of the our entire living. I don't know how yeah. that word. Uh, our existence. There you yeah. go. Um, but the place was packed there. They had an awesome stadium, so it was good for us to get in there and see that. Tim Parker led us off with a header off a of Leuven corner, if you remember that. Did the baby celebration, knowing that he had a baby coming. Went and grabbed a ball and, like, sucked on his thumb. I thought that was hilarious. Um, then we gave up a goal to Drew in the 45th plus four. It was a long ball, which obviously has still been hurting us. It was a weird one. We had, he had an incredible touch, but Roman kind of came out and then got stuck. Yeah, and then he lifted that. it up and over him. Great ship there. Um, then we went down 2-1 to one, the 72nd off a great finish from them. But then Klaus off of what was it? I believe it was the like 88th minute that goal. He goes down against Kip. He cuts him and not poor defending by Kip, but then Klaus just finishes with the outside of his right foot into the far post. And then his celebration was just laying down. That man was absolutely exhausted. Don't forget though, that Austin did have a header off the crossbar in the 90th plus five in which there's only plus five minutes in the game. So that would have been an awful way to start our season. We outshot them 18 to nine um, or sorry, we had 18, Total shots, nine on goal. They had 13 with only two on goal. And there was a total of 16 corners. So something to kind of keep an eye out. I know it's been a completely different season ever since this game, but very offensive in that game. Yeah, and I, I could see this being a similar tale coming into the second fixture as well because Austin has also been pretty active in terms of roster personnel since this game. They have added Matt Hedges, who is a center back. He was traded from Toronto um, for a good sizable chunk of general allocation money, GAM. Uh, they also traded for Memo Rodriguez, who is a central midfielder uh, from the LA Galaxy. And in return, they gave up Diego Fagundes, who is one of their big time players in terms of kind of being a central attacking midfielder or even a winger in some of their sets, their, their setups. So that was a big money acquisition um, to get rid of Fagundes. It was a big big thing for Galaxy to fork up that amount of money and uh, Memo Rodriguez in return. But perhaps the biggest change for me seeing what Austin is doing is obviously Reyna, uh, what Claudio Reyna was their sporting director prior to all of the saga that we covered extensively here on the podcast. But they have hired and went out and got Rodolfo Burrell um, from Man City. He is now their sporting director and chief soccer officer. And before that, he was an assistant at clubs like Barcelona, obviously Man City, and obviously affiliated with Pep. And Pep is like one of the best soccer you know, minds ever to exist. And I, I'll be interested to see how that translate to Austin FC and where they go from here. But they've got a high profile signing who just joined them a couple of weeks ago and is now running the ship from them from a sporting perspective. So it should be very interesting to see where they trend. I mean, that's kind of similar to us with Diego uh, Gigliani that we just signed coming yeah, over from the city right. group as well. So it's good to see that we're getting that outreach. And I think people are, ever since the whole messy thing and seeing how the MLS is flourishing, it's pulling bigger names from overseas, which is always beneficial for us going forward. So a quick kind of high level on um, Austin this season so far. So where do they stand? 32 points. They are 9-9-5 um, in the West uh, with a win-loss draw. Fifth in the West in total with that home record, better than they are away. Six three and three at home with a three six and two away, thirty two goals for twelfth in the MLS, thirty two goals against seventeen in the MLS. So literally a net zero goal differential. Um, and some of their key results that I was pulling out here, Jake, it's kind of weird. I feel like they have not had that strong of a schedule, but also I feel like the West has been a little bit weaker. Um, but in some of their stronger the games that they played, stronger teams three nothing loss to LAFC in April, two to one win versus Seattle in May, 
two to one win versus RSL in March, but then lost a two to one versus RSL in June, both away teams winning there. So uh, weird. And then a two to one win versus Kansas city is their most recent MLS game. Congrats for beating the S words. Yeah. Um, but they do. Uh, and then in leagues cup, they did not fare well, similar to us. They had two, three to one losses against Liga Mackey's teams. Yeah. I, to me, Austin, it feels like a, how do you feel today type team? It, it, it could be anything that you're getting from this, from this side. I mean, obviously they started off super slow, They've kind of brought it back, though, obviously now being fifth in the West. Not that the West has been knocking it out of the park, though, um, for them. So their magic number, Justin, actually, no, you, you you cover this. You put this together for Austin. Very interesting, actually, here to see the numbers here. Yeah, I want to start doing this on our previews, and then we'll do opponent's magic number on the previews and yeah. then our updated magic number on the postgame. So they have 32 points, current points for match of 1.39. They have 11 games remaining, same as us. So when you take that, their magic number to reach the round one home field advantage is 20. 20 points out of the last 11 games. That is very strong when you think about that. That's almost two points per game, which is higher than their points per match now, so not as likely. 16 uh, points would get them into the seventh spot, which would kind of put them past the um, past wild the wild card spot there. Um, and so 16 points per game is kind of pretty close. I'm going to start adding a thing into this, Jake, of like what is 11 times yep. yeah, what they would get there. Um, and then also their wild card spot then is only 12 points. So our thinking about our magic number we only need 11 points in 11 games to reach that top four spot if everybody stays consistent they need pretty much a similar situation there to be able to just get into the last wild card spot so they look like they will likely make the playoffs it's a matter of how strong will they finish um and just make sure they absolutely don't fumble the bag and just finish somewhat strong and what spot they'll get yeah no that, that's that's really interesting and i wonder if they have the personnel to get there man because three key players we, we captured here to watch in this game Similar to the ones we rolled out initially, but Sebastian Drusi, I mean, the guy is a, is a creator among creators. He's a, one of the best central attacking midfielders in the league. 22 goals and 29 goal contributions during the 2022 regular season, ranked second and third most in the league, respectively, in those stat categories. This season, a little bit more modest, I think, trending in the direction of the team. Six goals, three assists, started 60 in the 18 games he's played in, total of 51 shots, only 17 on target, but he really is the driving force behind this offense and the lead creative man. Um, and then our, our favorite in the, in the history of the men's national team, Giassi Zardes, man, come on. Been in the MLS since 2013 now, journeyman. Uh, he is obviously a former U.S. men's national team forward, 68 caps, 14 goals. He's got some pace. He's got that stripe going for him on the top of the head, um, can finish chances, but he's got six goals this year, only on nine shots on goal. So he's pretty effective. When he does get the opportunities, it's a matter of finding himself in those spaces. So uh, those are two of the kind of the more attacking-minded players to watch for. Uh, one thing I am going to mention real quick, I said the math. So if they kept their same pace, they would get 14, or sorry, 15.3 points in these last 11 games, which would put them right below that getting the home field advantage – or sorry, getting out of the first round yeah. or into the first round past the wild card at 16 points. So um, just an idea for us, if we keep our same pace, we will finish with – 19.61 points, which would put us easily yep. um, into the top four and probably just hold first place. Um, and then the last guy, yep. Daniel Pereira. It's his third season with Austin. He's played twenty, played in and started 22 games out of the 23 games so far in their season, um, leading in most minutes besides the goalkeeper for them as well. Leads the team also in assists with five passes and pass attempts. He lead, also leads the team with six yellows, but, I mean, he has the most amount of minutes, so I think that's kind of deserving. Yeah, he's like your Cadillac central midfielder. He's got the defensive side of his game, the aggression, but he's also got the end product with the assists. Um, so he's an impressive player to watch. Honorable mentions, got a couple here. Owen Wolf, coach's son, 
is is featuring on this team, playing the eleven very frequently. So Josh Wolf is the coach, uh, Owen Wolf, and, and he's good. I'm, I'm not I'm making the joke about the coach's son stuff, but he's actually a budding, you know, really good young American talent. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, Brad Stuver is their goalkeeper. He's got five clean sheets this year, just been absolutely pelted. Um, but he's he is a solid, solid goalkeeper. And then finally, John Gallagher, who is a left back. He was an all star, the only all star. Uh, for this team actually wait no i think juicy was as well but um he has five goals and four assists as a left back which is pretty impressive uh when you think about you know the stature of that kind of position so um with that said let's talk style let's talk coaching what are we going to expect to see from this team uh like i said head coach is josh wolf as a player had a great career 14 years as a pro played in the mls for chicago kc dc and also in the bundesliga two for 1860 munich um, logged 52 caps for the U.S. men's national team and went to the 02 and 06 World Cup. So incredible playing career, but does he have it on the coaching side? I think the verdict's out. He's got obviously some assistant experience for D.C. Columbus, also had uh, an interim role with the U.S. men's national team under Burhalter, and he's coached 104 matches so far and mounted a 39-47-18 and 18 record win-loss draw. So meh, kind of when you think about the results, I think – he's had those seasons where some seasons, cause he's been Austin's coach since they began as an expansion team. So he's had some incredible seasons and some really, really down seasons as well. So it's kind of a, of a wavy type uh, career he's had so far as a coach guy loves a four, two, three, one. He, he really came in and I wonder how Rodolfo Burrell will change this being the man city guy that he is, but attacking soccer is what they try to play. They've promised that from day one, they play a very positional style of play. These players are drilled uh, in the classroom to understand what is is expected in their position, uh, which can also lead to their demise. They're a little bit not very flexible at, at times as well, um, but they're very brave in their buildup. They're a very, very high possession team. They build out of the back, which requires and sometimes forces errors out of that back line. We like we saw in our matchup against them in February. Uh, so, you know, they they do they do have the ability to sometimes crumple under some of that high press by opposition, which you, you gotta be salivating uh, on if if you're if you're a city player. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I will say with that possession, they do look to get it wide and send some crosses in, and then as they're doing that with their wingers getting higher, their back line stays pretty high as well. So something to look for 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 us is maybe a, a one two three and kind of putting someone through like a Sam Adinran or a Nico or even a Stroud getting in behind on the left side. So something that we can keep an eye on for them, but. Trends and storylines for these guys, Jake, just generally, they've missed the playoffs in three of the last four seasons, uh, clawing their way out to an early season slump, um, actually, this year. So now that we're talking their 505th in the West, they're doing just fine. They're technically in a playoff spot. So they have had a good bounce back there. Uh, their strengths are in uh, attacking set pieces um, and attacking down the wings, as we already mentioned, and exploiting the back lines um, with through balls there. So it's one of those things where we know that they can be a possessive team. And then you just got to make sure you know where your runners are at, especially going down the wings and making sure you're not getting caught ball watching. There you go. Oh, wow. What a perfect, perfect way to use it there. Uh, they're currently number 13 in the MLS power rankings. Last five away, though, were loss, loss, draw, win, loss. So only one win the last five away and only averaging one point per match in away games, the negative seven goal differential. So you look at this as, as City and you really want to use City Park to your advantage because offensively, this team has an XG of about 1.39 per 90, which makes them just below average in the MLS. But they are actually averaging the exact same in terms of goals for in, in a game. So 1.39, um, which actually puts them at 11 in terms of actual output in terms of goals. Away, though, you see a little bit of a dip. 
in terms of their XG. And when you look at when that's going to come in terms of these goals, about 20% of their goals for arrive in that last 10 minute increment of the game. They do wait to spring. Uh, but the other about 50% that I captured here happens on either side of halftime. So from the 31st to the 60th minute with halftime smacked right in the middle of that, that is when they're most uh, you know, lethal in terms of attack. So if you're city, it's the beginnings and the ends that you really got to look out for. You cannot, you know, you know, try to you can't falter at the very end of the first half you've got to be totally clicked in and on and you also got to come out of the gates in the first after the first half flying and you got to finish strong as well so we'll see uh if they're able to exploit some of our weaknesses here yeah and i'd say one of the things that we need to keep a focus on um specifically for these goals that 28 of their 32 goals are inside of the 18 with nine of those being headers so that's a marking thing not only on set pieces but like we said through balls getting behind and being whipped in as well. So we're going to need to keep an eye on that for Berkey with four of their goals being outside of the 18. Um, they point zero or 0 0.33 goals um, per shot there, which is tied for top five in the MLS. So when they do have a chance, they like to finish it if they can get it on net. Six most in shots on target, number one in goals per shot um, of 0 0.13 and the fourth highest in the shot on target percentage out of team. So like I said, once they do create a pretty good opportunity, they will rip it on target. Yeah, it's just one of those teams that, so fortunately for them and unfortunately for us, they look pretty ruthless uh, when you look at them from an attacking perspective. Another, like you said, Justin, big crossing team as well. Their top five crosses uh, in the MLS into the 18. So I expect that to be a big part of their game against us as well. Defensively, uh, obviously, you look at their stats being even on goals for and goals against this season with 32 and 32. Uh, they have an expected goals against about 1.58 per 90, which is the third worst in the, in the MLS. Um, and the actual goals against per game is bottom 10 as well. Uh, and you look away and it's even worse. Um, they have 1.79 expected goals against, which is the fourth worst when you look at away form specifically, uh, which you've got to like as a City fan. And then you look at when they're conceding. Almost a third of their goals are coming in the final 15 minutes of the game, so the 75th to 90th minute, with another 20% happening just before that. So second half is the weak, the weak point for them. It looks like they might tune off, they might lose some sort of steam or get leggy, and that is when you're really going to hurt this Austin FC side. Yeah, and they are third most on shots on target against with 115, so obviously giving up a lot of chances and having to be reliant on their keeper, who's been all right with five clean sheets but can't always keep them out. Uh, bottom five in tackles, tied for number one in shots blocked, though, um, which just tells you that even though they're giving up the most shots on target, there's still a ton of shots being yep. hit on this team. So I, hopefully we can get in front of that and be clinical. Tied for third in errors, which are basically defining errors there, is mistakes leading to opponent shots. Obviously, it's going to be high there as well. Um, top 10 in the average stage percentage, 73, talking about how well um, their keeper has done for them. I'm scrolling back up. Sorry, I already forgot his name. Yeah, Stuver. Uh, Brad Stuver. Yeah, apologies there. Um, and then also, not uh, Jake. I'm just going to let you take. This yeah, this is well, a big. This is a big Nate Lucas uh, acronym. This is the post shot xg, um, and then minus goals again. So post shot xg is more of like a goalkeeper's ability to stop the shot gets factored into the xg component there. And goals against is just goals against. But you subtract post shot xg minus goals against, and you get kind of a flavor of how many goals they've really effectively prevented this season. Berkey's number one at at a plus 6.3 you want to have obviously in the, in the positives there but Stuver's at a plus 5.1 which gets him third so all that to say he's very above average when you look at shot stopping ability from a goalkeeper so you're going to have to put something pretty pretty good on on frame to beat him in this match 
I mean, that's impressive. That's I might be the first one that we've played a team that has a positive over yeah. one at least. Yeah. So seeing something that high, definitely Stuver's been playing kind of a hell of a season, kind of holding yeah. them in it, similar for us with Berkey. Um, but let's get into city keys of the game. So what do we need to focus on after having a little bit of a break there? What it'll be 24 days total since Liga our Liga Max game against Club America, and then also just probably almost over 30 days since we played an MLS game. So Home and away, City's the sixth best team at home, and Austin is an average away form. I'd say even below average when we look at those stats there and giving up a ton of shots. Our last five games, City's 4-1-0, and oh, Austin's 3-1-1, one, and one, so we need to keep that momentum going, even though, yes, we lost our last two. This is MLS specifically we're talking about. Right. So we lost those two um, in, in League's Cup, but we know that we kind of switched up the lineups a little bit there, and we know how good uh, Club America was, so I'm not too concerned there. And the last one I'll say, Jake, before I kick it back to you is, Finish the first half strong, 0% loss rate in the first half for City so far. So we have not gone into halftime down. And I would say that's got to be strong in this game, especially knowing that first game this year we gave up against them, we gave up a goal in the 45th plus four, and they like to score a number of their goals right on the beginning or the end of the half. So one thing that we definitely need to just get up in the first half and take that momentum into the second half and just blow these guys out. Yeah, absolutely. Mount the pressure on the second. Obviously, we know that they're deficient in that area. Uh, they're very below average in second halves in terms of goals allowed. So definitely want to pile it on there. Like you said, watch out for the beat, like the stoppages and starts of time in terms of halftime in the game and the end of the game as well, because you just got to be switched on at all times. This team, you they're not going to beat you purely based on quality. Obviously, we've seen how they perform this year. We have a lot of quality ourselves. We have a good system. I think this is one, if if we lose, it's going to be at least partially at our own doing. Um, and then offensively, take shots from long. Test Stuver. They don't allow, um, you know, a, a, a crazy amount of goals. They're not the most leaky defense, but we have a lethal shot from long. You look at guys like Leuven, even Blum has it in his repertoire. Um, so don't be afraid to take opportunities, force them to make saves, follow your shots, uh, counter quickly as well. This is not a team that does the best in terms of transition defense, generate set piece opportunities. That was a weakness of theirs that I saw as well. Um, obviously you're gonna need a lot of beat Stuver and then defensively, Fullbacks need to be able to handle their wings. They have great wingers. We talked about uh, a couple of their attackers already here. Um, Drewsy Blum has got to just keep a very, very tight eye on him and make sure that he has he is limiting his space effectively the best he can because this guy, if you can limit Drewsy, you can kind of limit Austin's attack. And finally, like we said, defensively, everyone's flipped on at around halftime on either side and towards the end of the game. You've got to be talking, you know, leading from the back and making sure everything's organized and not giving them any bit of opportunity to kind of squeeze something in the last minute there. No, absolutely. I think you covered it all there. So you want to get into starting 11? Do you have a graphic yes, for us? Or no? Yes, I actually have it for us today. Uh, so let, while let you while you get that pulled up, I'll do a couple plugs. Jake always does a very good job. If you're listening to us on YouTube, go down there, click click that subscribe button. Jake's been doing a great job getting that going. We have a lot of ratings on Apple and Spotify as well. Please keep those up. And then also just a word from our sponsors. I will say first, the one and only that we've had from the beginning, Series 6. You can go get 15% off there at Series6.com using code BallWatching. Um, another one that you can get another code that we will be coming out with more. I know we keep saying it, but now we're very close. Soul Juice. You can get 20% off there on their website at souljuice.com, or you can get it at Deerberg's. Working on a couple other places in St. Louis. Shh. And then we'll kind of cover that. And then also been working with the pitch. I am so excited to get back to the pitch on Sunday, dude. I've been there a couple times. Just not the same without that city atmosphere. I will say I've been going there more, and I'm going to be watching a ton of football games coming up there this season as well. Once that kicks off in September. 
Blues games, Battlehawks games, Cardinals games. Yeah. Because I can't watch the Cardinals sober. You can't just sit at home and watch it. So <laughs> as well get to the pitch. No, you should. Yeah, and it's not just a soccer place. Like I, the, the soccer memorabilia and the soccer vibe is off the charts. Absolutely. But I mean, look at the the little pods and the couches and the setup they have there. It is ideal for any sports scenario. So I encourage you all go check it out for anything you're watching. Uh, the pitch is a, a great place for sports in general. So. Without further ado, Justin, let's wrap this out with starting 11 and bets for the game. Starting 11. This is mine. I'm showing it up on the screen right now for anyone that's watching virtually here. Uh, but I've got us returned to mostly the starting 11. And I think probably started in our final fixture. It's been so long since then. Um, but this is what I got. Kyle Hebert returning to left back. Yeah, you can make a shout for for Markinick. I, I don't think they're going to throw him right into the mixer on game one. Uh, but it sounds like he will be providing cover from here on out there. Uh, I've got Yarrow and Parker in my center back pairing. I'm not ready for Nilsson. Yeah, I'm so ready personally, but I don't think Nilsson's ready for this from a club management perspective. And I do think you bring Akil Watts back onto the right. And that's my back line. I would agree with your back line and Roman Berkey. And as we move into the midfield, I would agree with this as well. Blum and Leuven um, kind of holding us with Blum being a little bit more holding than Leuven with AZ at the top of that. Yep, that's just a boss central midfield and then you look at and it's tough because you like you have indy on the bench too but i think that's great like to have competition in the, in the squad and have a guy like any to bring on like what a tool uh and then finally on your forward line of three here we've got i've got stroud on my left wing i think torson will end up challenging him for that spot maybe more of a long-term type player there and then i've got rasmus alm returning to the right and then sam adinaran up top for me and that is my forward line uh i'll agree with stroud um, yeah, I guess I agree with now. I don't really know. We, I know we've kind of talked about putting AZ out there. You can put Celio there. Um, we can even put Jensen in there or maybe even Indy, to be honest. So that's a little yep. bit more of a rotating one. I'm putting Nico up top, dude. I think you give Nico this one. Let him get downhill. Let him get a quick goal for us. And then if we want to put Sam Dinran kind of in the 70th, knowing how big and how strong he can be and how quick he can be to get through this pressing high-pressing line out of Austin, I think that's when he would flourish. Him and Celio. Give me Celio in like the 70th. I could also see Carnell just like flipping this on its head and having a, a totally different 11 somehow coming into this game. Who knows? Don't Who do that. Knows? Don't do that. We've been away for so long. <laughs> just give me the normal stuff, man. Not, not the time to be messing around. Let us the normal dose. The normal dose. All right, Justin, let's round this out. Predictions and bets here. For me, I'm going back to the well. I'm going 3-2-W. It's going to be a goal-filled fixture it's going to be very very fun to watch for any of the fans that aren't as big into the tactics and the sometimes boring nature of some of these games that can be a little more defensively minded but three two is my is my prediction in a w for city in that case how about you i would agree uh, i'm going three one i don't think roman's given up to with this amount of rest he's been playing so many different games and now that we finally give him a little bit more rest and all these guys have rest i think it was a good reset and i think that we can be strong with this defense if we have Blum and Leuven in front of our defense, that's not something we've had a ton of this season. So if they're both healthy and playing a full 90, they're not scoring two goals. Now. So I got 3-1 there. Let's talk about bets. Moneyline, City minus 125. Austin plus 275 with a draw, plus 240. Over under, the over 2.5 is a minus 155 and the under at a plus 120. So Vegas thinks there will be goals in this game, and our predictions kind of agree with that as well. Jake, what are your bets? My bet, I don't think I've bet this this year so far, but – I'm going both teams, both teams to score. I, I do expect us to concede. I And I like your comment. I don't know if it's going to happen twice, which kind of takes away from my prediction. I'm going to stick with it anyways, though. But I think there'll be goals. And I think there'll be goals on both sides. 
and hopefully it's just more for us versus them. But both teams to score is currently sitting at plus 130 at time of recording this. So I like that value for that play. I feel like we do play in, in pretty high-scoring games, typically, especially against Austin from our first game. So I'm thinking this could be a hit here. I'd agree with that. Is that And that's your main hammer? And I yeah. got a couple other ones that's on here. Main one. With that one. Okay. I'm going to go with a city money line, minus 125. That's easy. That's going to be my lesser bet bet. And everybody knows what my bet is when we're at home. The city-specific over one and a half is minus 135. We are not having our first home game in three and a half weeks and not scoring two goals. I can promise you that. We just showed that we can still do it down in Atlanta. I know it's a little bit of a weird rotational game, but these guys are going to come out flying. It's going to be a 95-degree day. Not We don't start till 8.30 p.m., so it'll be cool off there. But, I mean, the place is going to be rocking. The place is going to be packed. People are going to be having Sunday fun day. The first goal goes in, and it may pour. Ooh, I really hope so, man. And on a Sunday, on a Sunday, I'm looking forward to it. I'm just happy that it's, it's back, man. It's just, it's good to have games to talk about again and, and this city to support and, and this team. So it's uh, going to be a fun final stretch here. This is game one of 11 uh, to round us out in this regular season against a team that you're going to want to get three points from. It, it, per our magic number model, Justin, three points apparently locks us into the playoffs. It is just a wild card spot in this case but a playoff appearance and berth nonetheless, which would be, I think, a check mark on a goal for this season for us. So uh, look forward to that. Obviously, we should celebrate. We should put a little X in front of our uh, in front of the brand, Ooh. if so. Uh, but uh, it, it's it, it's a big game, big implications with only you know ten games after. What a feat that would be! Everything after is kind of just house money, but you definitely want to lock up round one and lock up home field even further. I want to quickly just reference back to last year. So give everybody an idea. So if, if we get three points, we will have 44 points. If you look at last year's standings to end the year, the ninth ranked team in the East was Charlotte with 42. So they would have been in. And then the ninth ranked team in uh, the West was Vancouver at 43. We would have both of those points higher than that. So I yep. feel comfortable that 44 would likely get us in. But God forbid, if we only get three points out of 11 games, <laughs> I might cancel my season. I don't want to be in the playoffs if that's the case. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, what a painful! Can you imagine winning and qualifying for the wild card? And then I think we would have to shut down the podcast. I don't think people would listen. Ten games in a row and squeaking into the wild card. <laughs> we lose like a third of the games. Basically, there would have oh to like there would have to be like a bomb go off in St. Louis and we lost half our team. <laughs> oh my god! Pretty dark, but like I, I just don't I don't see it. Jeez, so. man, jeez. Well, hey, here's to hoping that doesn't happen. Let's get back on Sunday. Get back to our winning ways and start this final, you know, stretch of 11 games out in the right foot. So uh, until then, we'll be back with you all for a recap, probably on Monday in this case, since the game is on Sunday. But looking forward to seeing you all there and having a great time at City Park. In the meantime, all for City. Everyone take care. All for City.